Our text for today comes from the 32nd chapter of the book of Genesis, starting with verse 9 through 15, and then continuing on to verses 22 through 30. And you can follow along in your bulletin. It's on page 7. Jacob said, Lord, God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives, and I may, I'll make sure things go well for you. I don't deserve how loyal and truthful you have been to your servant. I went away across the Jordan with just my staff, but now I've become two camps. Save me from my brother Esau. I'm afraid he will come and kill me, the mothers and their children. You are the one who told me, I will, ma- I will make sure things go well for you, and I will make your descendants like the land of the sea, so many that you won't be able to count them. Jacob spent that night there. From what he had acquired, he set aside a gift for his brother Esau, 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 nursing camels with their young, 40 cows and 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 female don- 10 male donkeys. Jacob got up during the night, took his two wives, his two women servants, and his 11 sons, and crossed the Javik River of shallow water. He took them and everything that belonged to him, and he helped them across the river. But Jacob stayed apart by himself, and a man wrestled with him until dawn broke. When the man saw that he couldn't defeat Jacob, he grabbed Jacob's thigh and tore a muscle in in Jacob's thigh as he wrestled with him. The man said, let me go, because dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I won't let you go until you bless me. He said to Jacob, what's your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name won't be Jacob any longer, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and won. Jacob also asked, tell me your name. But he said, why do you ask for my name? And he blessed Jacob there. Jacob then called this place Peniel, because I have seen God face to face, and my life has been saved. It's the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. My full name is Dennis Lee Sanders. First name I got from my father. My middle name, Lee, comes from a cousin who lived on the East Coast. And of course, my last name, Sanders, is the name of the, fa- of fam- of the family on my father's side, the Sanders Holmes family from central Louisiana. Names tell you a lot about a person. They can tell you who you are, who you belong to, where you're from. I've always been fascinated, especially by Icelandic names. Icelandic names are fascinating 
because in that tiny country, the way that people are named is basically by whose parents you are. So if you're a male child, the last part of your name will be S-O-N, son. And for a woman, it'll probably be the same thing, but they'll take off the son and put in D-O-T-T-I-R, daughter. And the name basically means that this person is so-and-so's son or so-and-so's daughter. Now, names tell you, again, a lot about who someone is, but they don't always tell you everything. Names can also, in some ways, obscure a part of who you are. For example, my name doesn't tell you that on my mother's side of the family, I'm Puerto Rican. Doesn't, my name doesn't come out in that way. So names tell you a lot of things, but they don't always tell you everything. And sometimes they can obscure who you are. Today, we look at Jacob. Now, last week, if you were here, we heard the story of Abraham and Sarah as they were going to have a baby, Isaac. Now, we've basically kind of skipped over Isaac's life. And now we go to Isaac's son, one of Isaac's son, Jacob. Now, if there was and is, if you look in the whole family tree of Abraham, if there was ever a black sheep in the family, it would have been Jacob. Jacob was basically a schemer and a fraudster. He has always been that. He was someone that always tricked people, manipulated people to get his way. In this culture, the name that you were given described a little bit about you. Jacob's name meant several things. It meant heel, because he was, according to the story, grabbing the heel of his older brother Jacob. They were twins as they were coming out. It could also mean supplanter or usurper or betrayer. All of these things fit Jacob. As I said, he was always trying to trick someone. He was always trying to manipulate someone. He basically twice tricked his older brother Esau out of his birthright. He then tricked his father Isaac, who was old and blind, by dressing up and using, helping with his mom to dress up and to look like Esau and then getting that blessing, the birthright, from Isaac. When he went on his way and went and struck out on his own, he then tricked his uncle Laban. And there were probably other things that he had done to trick others as well. Jacob was the type of person that when he saw opportunities, when he saw openings, when he saw weakness, he was willing to get what he wanted by hook or by crook. But sometimes your name catches up with you. In chapter 32, we see that he is heading back to see his brother. 
the same brother that he had tricked so many years ago. Even though he had heard from God that there would be reconciliation, he wasn't so sure. He knew what he had done to his brother, and he had no idea if his brother would welcome him with open arms and bury the hatchet, or just bury the hatchet on Jacob. He waited that night. He had brought all of these things as gifts for Esau, and he waits, and he's nervous. He could feel his past coming back to haunt him. And maybe out of a sense of nervousness, he sent his family to the other side of the river, and that left him by on his own with his thoughts. Now this is where I believe the story gets a little weird. The text says that he spends the night wrestling with a man. And I just find that odd because you just don't think, hi, I'm gonna, someone just passes by and it's like, let's wrestle, but that's what they did. And anyway, they wrestled throughout the night. As dawn appeared, it looked like Jacob was going to win. And then the unknown stranger decides to cheat. He places his hand on Jacob's thigh and tears the muscle. If the man thought that this would cause Jacob to give up and to break away from this man's hold, he was wrong. Jacob still held on to this man, even though he was now in unbelievable pain. The man asked Jacob to let him go, but Jacob already realized what was happening here. He realized that this was God, and he was not going to let go until he was blessed. And this is when God asked Jacob for his name. And as I said, this is the moment where he had to come clean. Because, again, the name, what he was named, defined him. So that meant he had to come clean before God. Jacob had to confess to God who he really was. And then that's where something happens. The stranger gives Jacob a new name. He is no longer going to be called the heel. He will now be called Israel, which can mean God, the person that struggles, or God preserves, or God rules. He was given a name that would be the name of a people, of a nation, the guy that was the con man is the one that is now redeemed and one of the fathers of a great nation. In our world, we are all named. We are all given names. And not just the names that we have, but names that define us. 
We may not be called a heel, but we are named other things. People can look at us and give us names that are supposed to describe us. Someone might see someone walking down and hear someone that has an accent and they are simply named immigrant. Or poorer people are usually called something like white trash or ghetto. Others are labeled by what they have done, such as criminal. Some are named stupid or lazy or fat. People are named in order to peg who they are and to act accordingly. You might have a name that you give yourself or it might be a name that others give you that is deserved or not. The name sometimes can weigh you down and it is a name sometimes that we would like to disavow, that we would like to pretend does not exist, but we can't. But the thing is, is that God gives us different names. God looks at us and gives us a name that doesn't reflect what we have done, but gives us a name as who we are, as children of God. God knew everything about Jacob. He could have called something that reflected his sins. But Jacob decided to do, but God decided to do something a bit different. He would give him, give Jacob the name of a nation. The scoundrel is redeemed, not by what he had done, but by what God had done. As we continue in this series on, on the concept and the theology of Ubuntu, it's important to remember how much a name can affect people. In South Africa, black South Africans were sometimes called Kaffir, which is basically the South African version of the N-word. But people such as Desmond Tutu told people that they were more than a Kaffir. The white South Africans might have thought that they had the power to name people. But God gave these people another name, one that honored them, and one that said, you are mine. Jacob came into the very presence of God and was changed by that experience. What about us? How do we feel and how do we name ourselves? Do we see ourselves as limited in some ways? Do we name ourselves because of, of past sins? The good news in this sermon and this passage is that God gives us a name, a name that is not based on what we have done but about who we are. In Christ, we are given new names that reflect that we belong to God. 
There are so many people out there who are like Jacob. And so many people, those people like Jacob, deserve the name they get. And some get a name that they don't deserve. But the thing is, all of us should know that in God's eyes, we are not the Jacob, we are not the heel. We are something different, something more. Can we as a community see ourselves, especially as we have been baptized and know that we have a new name in Christ? And can we tell others in our communities, others who are named either by, by what they have done or by, by who they are, and sometimes it is not something that they want to be named, can we sail, share God's love to tell them that they have another name, that they belong to God? <clears throat> the hymn writer Charles Wesley wrote a poem about this passage of Jacob wrestling God. And it showed how Jacob refusing to let go of God during the, the, the wrestling match was wanting to experience the love of God. This is, what the poet, this is what Charles Wesley says. Yield to me now, for I am weak, but confident in self-despair. Speak to my heart, in blessing speak, be conquered, be my instant prayer. Speak, or thou never hence shalt move, and tell me if thy name is love. Tis love, tis love, thou diedest for me. I hear thy whisper in my heart. The morning breaks, the shadow flee. Pure universal love thou art. To me, to all, thy mercies move. Thy nature and thy name is love. Jacob was a heel, a trickster, a schemer, and a con man. He deserved all of those names. But the thing is, God knew him to be something else, a child of God. Thanks be to God. Amen.